Welcome, Faith Promise, to all of our campuses. I don't know uh, about what's going on where you are, but man, we're having some worship in the house this weekend, and God is at work. So we welcome all of our campuses from Campbell to Anderson to Pellissippi and North Knox, the Internet Campus, to our Blount County Campus, to our Costa Rica Campus, still rocking out. And listen, for you guys, it's not the first weekend, it's the second weekend. But for you guys, I want you guys to give a serious faith promise welcome to God Behind Bars, Bledsoe County Correctional. We start this. Come on. Woo! It's awesome. I had a lady stop me last week, and she said, we're about to start a, a campus at Bledsoe County. I said, yep. She said, my husband's there. I said, well, he'll be sending you a card so that you can go to church with him online so that you guys can connect in that way because keep the families with those guys that are incarcerated and they get out. The families are still together. We'll do stuff for Christmas and celebrate recovery and all kind of stuff. But we're really ecstatic about that, excited. God behind bars, guys, we love you. We're honoring the Lord, and we want to honor you. And, man, you are not throwaway people. Jesus has no throwaway people. We love you, excited about you. Now, if you were here last weekend, God set some people free in the house last weekend. Is that right? Come on, man. God, the Lord moved. The healer was in the house. So if you missed last weekend's message, I had lines of people, which is very rare, say, greatest message I've ever heard at Faith Promise Church. So if you missed it, if you missed it, go online, go to our app, go to, go to our resource centers, get a free DVD, free CD, get whatever, go, you can podcast it, whatever, but it is vital that you get healed so that you can, so that you can experience love and you can give love. Now, a couple things before I dive in the word. Listen, parents, it's, it's really imperative that you get your kids to fusion. It's imperative you get your kids to fusion. Revival's breaking out in our student ministry. 1,100 this past Wednesday night at Faith Promise Student Ministry. 1,100. And so in a world that, man, doesn't get Jesus, you need to get your kids there because they need to experience that. And revival is going to continue to break out. And, and you know, you may just come on the weekend, and especially if you've got a middle schooler, they don't drive, and they're not, you need to get them connected and so I think this weekend's the last weekend to sign up. There's sign-ups at all the campuses. So, guys, you really need to get connected. You go to Fusion. Uh, God is moving. Pastor Zach, our student ministry, our teams, every campus, we've got the greatest team I've ever seen anywhere in student ministry. And so I want to challenge you. Get your kids there. Uh, let, me, let me see a couple other things. You saw, uh, you saw uh, well, I don't know if you saw it or not, but we've got a, uh, I forgot what was on EPTV. We've, sometimes I forget where I am. And, uh, but we've got an upcoming training. There's only five in America for kids workers, preschool and kids workers. We want to give our best offering to God and how we care, how we minister to the next generation. So if you're involved in kids ministry, I, I want to just, I want to ask you to sacrifice a Saturday morning to sign up and go to that it's orange Again, five locations. They're, they ask us to host one because of Pastor Gina's relationship, because of her leadership. And so I want to challenge it. We want to get better. Because let me tell you, the devil's gotten better at stealing our children. And we've got to get better. So if you're a, if you're a worker in our preschool or, or kids' ministry, I want to challenge you. Get involved with that. Also, one last thing. If you have been a small group leader in the past, or you were a small group leader in another church, and there's seven, over 7,000 this weekend. You think you can hide? 
God knows you're here. <laughs> we may not, but God knows. And listen, dude, I believe in for 17,000 people on Easter weekend. Is anybody with me? Okay. Now, as you saw on the trailer that was there, the most impactful thing for the gospel we've ever done will be the movie we shot for Easter. It's going to be, it will rock people's lives. And so we're going to get him here, and I believe we'll have over 1,000 people saved. Now, if we see 1,000 people saved, do we need a place for them to be discipled? Excuse me. You don't have a baby and leave it on the porch at the hospital. You bring it home. And so we're going to have people saved. We need 50 new adult groups. So we've got training coming up in another few weeks. So if you say, hey, man, I might can do that. I really feel like God's moving on me. Go to our Next Steps area. Uh, man, get connected and get in the training because we're going to do alignment on our series post-Easter on emotions called madness. Because aren't emotions maddening? And so we're doing a series called, called Madness. And so we need to launch 50 adult groups to be able to capture, disciple the people that God sends. So all right, are, are you, does, that, does that make sense? Who's ready for the Word of God? Who's ready? I right, hear. Repeat after me. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Word. I'm about to be transformed. Bring it. Preacher. Bring it. Preacher. Amen. Are you ready for the Word of God? Give God some praise in the house. Woo! All right. We all want to receive more love and we want to give more love. Is that, is that a fair statement? We want more of God's love. We want to love God more. We want to love, be able to love our families and our friends and people better. Even a short, brief, cursory reading of the Word of God, everyone recognizes that God puts love on the top shelf of priorities. The deeper you dive into this Bible, the more that you will see the love of God literally dripping off every page. Well, why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you why it is. Because the, word of, the Bible says God is love. And so if this book is inspired by God, love ought to be dripping off every page. Do you all agree with that? So that's the deal. Now, let me tell you, many of you know, but if you're new, when Jesus found me, I didn't find him, he found me. He was hunting me down. Anybody get that? And so when he found me, I was broken, I was used up, I was hate-filled, I was prejudiced, I was bitter, I was angry, and my heart was so wounded that I could not receive love, nor could I give love. I just, that's, I mean, that's just what I was. The only thing I cared about was getting what I want or having my needs met. Is anybody, can anybody, can you guys, you know, connect with that? Anybody, or am I the only jerk in the house? Please don't make me call your name. Because I'll go ahead and share for y'all. It's not a problem for me. I'll just call names and say, yeah, jerk. That's not a problem. So, but when Jesus exploded into my heart, literally like a volcano, the, 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 it was like waves of liquid love began to wash up on the shore. My wounded, broken, bitter, infected heart, festering with all the pain and all the stuff that I had done and had been done to me, it was, it was like a tsunami of the Spirit of God just began to absolutely launch love all into me. And as God began to fill me with love, God began to let his love pour out of me. My cup runneth over. And you know what? We ought to be spilling love on the people. Just spilling love on the people. That person that cuts you off in the parking lot, spill a little love. <laughs> Amen. That person that breaks in front of you in line, spill a little love. 
Shell and I were at the movie. Somebody cut lines. She said, did you see that? I said, I did. They're important people. That's my common response. Now, you cut in front of me. I say, they're important. They've got to beat us in there, Michelle. You don't understand who that is. Because what Michelle wanted me to do was go lay hands on them about the head, neck, and shoulders. But I said, we're just going to love them, honey. It's okay. It's just don't. See, the church of the living God ought to be spilling love onto everybody we come in contact with. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. Right, so let me ask you a question. Here it is. Isn't love supposed to be standard equipment on saints? Yeah. Anybody believe that? Yeah. See, love is not an option. We see, we look at the Bible like we're buying a new car. You can get a base model of certain cars for, you know, 19, 20, 25,000. It's 125,000 if you add all the options. You know what I'm talking about? And so, because they know they're going to get you with the options because we like the bells and whistles. But, but love is not an option. If you go buy a new car, does it have wheels? Is a body standard equipment? What about a steering wheel? See, that standard, if you're born again, love is supposed to be standard equipment within your life. Does this make sense? But Jesus said, in the last days, lawlessness would increase. And because lawlessness has increased, the love of many will grow cold. It'll grow cold. Now, he wasn't talking to spirit-filled saints. He was talking about the culture. And we live in a culture in America where the love of many has grown cold. Would you all agree with that? Now, we, in the middle of this anti-Christian culture, are supposed to be saturated with love. Are we all in agreement? Jesus said in John chapter 13, a new commandment I give to you. Now, I'm not quite sure why the master gave this as a new commandment because 1,500 years before this, God told Moses to tell the people the most important verse in the Old Testament, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and body. A new commandment that I give you that you what? That you do what? See, it's a commandment I give you that you love one another, even as I have loved you. Has Jesus loved you well? Then we are to love everybody well, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, by this what? Love. love. Will all men know that you are my disciples when you have Love one for another. Jesus said the demarcation of a saint and an ain't, the demarcation of a disciple of Jesus is one thing. You will be saturated with love. And if you study the first century, man, those believers loved everybody. They loved the Romans. They loved the pagans. They loved everybody. The reason that Christianity spread was the love of God manifest in the people of God. And the reason that Christianity is no longer spreading in America is because the people of God have forgotten the love of God. Is it, would you all agree with this? See, we live in a culture that craves love, don't we? Listen to the new songs. Watch the Super Bowl tonight, the halftime show. There's going to be songs about love. Man, I don't care if it's rock and roll. I don't care if it's country. I don't care if it's rap. I, whatever, you see the artists writing about love. You go to movies, Hollywood, it's about love. You go to the poets, it's about love. You go to the artists, the world out there, everybody's craving love. Would you all agree with that? But like the old hymn said, we're looking for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for love in too many faces. Amen? Now, some of you are saying, he doesn't know that's not a hymn. He does. <laughs> He does. How many of you ever heard that song? Come on, raise your hand. Bless God, people my age. If you're under 30, you don't know what that is. But the, ta the tagline on that song says this, looking for love in all the wrong, places. looking for love in too many, 
That's our culture. They're looking for love in the wrong places. The love ought to be found in the house of God, but they've seen the people of God, and they haven't seen the love of God, so they've gone out there looking for love. Are you with me? See, we want to curse the darkness when it's the light's fault. Is anybody, is anybody in the house? Because I just, y'all went blank right there. See, we are a church, Faith Promise is under the banner of Jesus, and we are a community of Christ followers, and man, we are all about love. But see, even, I mean, it, see, this is what we get to do. Listen, I want you to make key in on this. If you're listening, say I am. Every weekend, we get to recreate the DNA or the culture of Faith Promise. It's not just my job to create the culture, it's your job. And our culture should be supernaturally saturated with love. At every campus, Everybody that walks in, every single campus, even God behind bars, every single campus ought to be saturated with the love of God. We've got wonderful greeters. We've got people in the parking lot. If you come check your kids in for the first time, they don't save the rooms down there. They take you to the room, and then they escort you into the worship center. Listen, we want to love and care for people well. Is that right? But they're going to come in and sit by you. Hmm. That's not love. Hey, welcome. Is this your first time? No, I've been coming for 10 years. Well, sorry, because it's big, and I go to another service. And You can ask people that. It's okay. Nobody's going to hit you. And so, hey, it's great to see you, man. So we're so glad you're here because it's your job to create the culture. And our culture should be supernaturally saturated with what? Love. I can't hear you. What? Love. With love. With everybody that walks in, they ought to experience the love. I don't care if they're saved or not. They could be so far from God, it's unbelievable. They should say, I don't know what they're preaching about, and I don't understand what they're singing about, but I have never been loved like I was loved when I went to those people. That's us, lovers, lovers of people. I mean, that's the deal, every location. So we are to create this culture of love. Again, even those that are far from God ought to experience God's love flowing from us. Again, you know, Psalms 23, we ought to spill love on everybody. Are you with me? We just ought to spill love. Now, let me tell you a great place to, a great place to experience love or a great place to practice, adult small groups. Everybody ought to be in a small group. Our, our preschoolers are in groups. Our kids, children are in groups. Our students are all in small groups, and the adults ought to all be in small groups. And so let me tell you what I've watched in the last six months in our adult small group with a few thousand people involved. I've seen suicides in families. I've seen cancer take people's lives. I've seen divorce. I've seen people go bankrupt. There's one sweet couple that goes here. They've been here for a long time. Her son died. And a couple days later, her brother died. And I called. And I said, Linda, I am so sorry. Is there, what, well, I'm praying for you. Is there anything I can do? And this is what she said, Pastor, you, I, we don't need anything. Our small group has taken care of everything. That's loving people well. That's loving people well. That's what God wants us to do is love people well. That's the deal. That's why you got to get involved. So let me ask you a question. Can we get better at love? Can we? And they will know that you are my disciples when you have one for another. Now listen, let me stop right here and put a parenthesis. See, there's this unholy disconnect. I don't know where it happened, but people come to church and they hear a sermon. They shout, amen, yes, preach on. Whoa! What a sermon! Unbelievable! And we walk out and we disconnect from everything that happened. I was driving out of the parking lot last night. People shouting, weeping. I'm driving out. I see a guy and a gal talking. I just drive on. I don't realize it. I'm driving up Pell and Michelle calls me. She said, 
Chris, she didn't call me pastor. We really should be Dr. Chris. But she says, Chris, there's a guy screaming and yelling at a woman in the parking lot. She said, I think it's the guy screaming at his wife. He, listen, four minutes before he heard this sermon, this sermon didn't mean Jack in his life. Are you with me? I don't know who he is. If you're back in this service, come on. Learn some love, dude. <laughs> screaming at your wife in the screaming at your wife. We're going to talk about to have great sex next week. He didn't. <laughs> Ladies, are you with me? Scream at me, Jack. See what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Check that couch on, chump. But, but it, listen, it's the deal. See, we hear the word and it rolls. But so many times we don't live the word. Are you with me? We need to hear it and heed it. And so this love is, God's put it on the, see, if, let me tell you, if we don't have love at faith promise, all we are is a religious institution teaching doctrine and dogma, and we are just like everybody else. Does that make sense? See, if we're loaded, if we're loaded with love, we won't be able to add the campuses or the services to keep people because we live in a world that's craving love. And if they actually found out that they could come and be loved by God and be loved by other people, we couldn't get, have enough services. Does that make sense? And why would anybody leave the place where they're experiencing love? Nobody would leave. It'd be unbelievable because love's the glue that holds us together. Then you say, well, I'm not so sure it's that important. Let me show you how important love is. Could you learn? Are y'all ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Let me give you five radical statements that God makes about love through the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 13. Statement number one, if I don't love, nothing that I matters. If you don't love, it doesn't matter what you say. And I don't care if it's right theology. I don't care what it is. If you don't love, nothing that you say matters. You say, I'm not so sure about that. 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If you don't have love, all you are is an annoying noise, like a gnat in your ear. If you don't have love, listen, you're like a three-year-old on a drum set banging. That's not music. That's annoying. Are you with me? See, we, we're trying to get back at our children for what they did to us when they were little. So we buy things for our grandkids that make noise. <laughs> Loud noise. You remember those things you roll? It goes pop, 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 pop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got that. Yeah. Zach and Rachel try to leave it at our house. Oh, no, Jack. We brought it over there. We put it in JL's room. Come on. Y'all with me? They're going to be paid back for what they put us through. We're not taking that noise. And so if you don't have love, nothing you say matters. I don't care if it's right or wrong. Number two, number two, if I don't have love, nothing I know matters. Now, see, this is Bible, but it's not how we live, is it? See, well, love's not my gift. My papa was mean. My dad was mean, so I'm mean. What? Well, I grew up in a bad house. I never experienced love. Have you been born again? Anybody saved in the house? Then you ought to be loving. There's no excuse not to love. No excuse. If I don't have love, nothing I know matters. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and have all knowledge, but I do not have love, I'm what? I'm not Jack. Because you don't represent God when you're not loving. Number three. If I don't have love, nothing I believe matters. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 2. 
If I have the gift of prophecy, know all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith, it's the year to increase faith. That's our theme this year. Ask to remove mountains. If I can speak to the mountains, say, jump with the heart of sin, it will. But I don't have love, I'm what? I'm nothing. Good cow. Do y'all see how important God makes love? Do you feel that? Man, do you just feel the word, the authority of the word of God number four? If I don't have love, nothing I give. I didn't want to tell you all this part. But if I don't have love... <laughs> That's evil, isn't it? My heart's not fully ready yet. If I don't have love, nothing I give matters. It doesn't matter that you write a tie check every week. It doesn't matter that you give online. Listen, if you don't have love, there's nothing in your ledger sheet in heaven. Because, see, we're not only measured by what we do for God as believers, we're measured why we do it. If I don't don't have love, nothing I give matters. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and surrender my body to be burned, but I don't have love, it profits me what? Number five, if I don't have love, nothing I accomplish matters. I can build the greatest church this day at Pentecost right here in East Tennessee, but I don't have love, it doesn't matter. There's no, there's no black ink on my ledger in heaven because if I don't have love, nothing else matters. First Corinthians 13, 3. I'm giving my possessions to feed the poor, surrender my body to be burned. If I give everything but I don't have love, it profits me what? Nothing. Let me roll to 1 John chapter 4. If someone says, I love God, a lot of people say they love God, don't they? Jump up and down, celebrate, man, just jump up and down. And, and so listen, this is critical to everyone. So I want you to listen with your spirit, man. Listen, if I say that I love God and I hate my brother, you are a liar. For, for the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. You see the priority God places on love? You see the shelf it's in? Well, yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. That's not what the Bible says. See, our culture, we make excuses. The Bible doesn't give us. Are you all with me? And see, hey, see can't, see, you cannot love God whom you have not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that one who loves God should love his what? Brother also. So let me tell you. There, go back to first, uh, first John chapter 13. Love is a command, right? So go to the next one. Love is a command. And here, uh, keep rolling. Love is a command. There we go. It's coming. Now, the definition of the Greek, the word command, is this. That which is prescribed. Now, did Jesus prescribe that we love? Excuse me. Did he give it us an order that we love, a command? Did he? Okay. That which is prescribed to one by the reason of one's office. Now, I ask you, who holds a higher office than the Son of God, the resurrected one from the dead, the one that holds all things together, the one who will judge all things, the quick, the living, and the dead? That one who holds the highest office in the universe says this, I give you a command that you love one another. Are you with me? Again, John 13. First, I, come, I give this command to you, love one another, as I've loved you, that you love one another. Now, we live in the South. And if there's one thing the church has done in the South, it's shown that we don't love. There are so many splits, so many isms, thisms. We get, man, we bash people, we trash people, we hammer preachers, we hammer this. Are y'all with me? I mean, we got First Baptist and Second Baptist and Third Baptist because Second and Third Baptist couldn't get along with First Baptist. We've got hope and we got new hope. 
and then hope, New Hope Squared. We've got Love Church 1, Love Church 2. Are you with me? Why, and, and you know what? Everybody that lives in the South that lives down the street from a church is split and everybody hates everybody. Listen, they get that at home. Why would they want to go to church and get some more of that? That's why people don't go to church because they've watched the people that go. And if they had experienced love, they'd be here. Most people don't go to church because they've already been. Are you with me? So, see, love is a commitment. It's a command. It's a commitment. Love is a verb. It's an action word. It's what we do. Are you with me? It's a command. It's a commitment. It's a choice. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, pursue love. Pursue love. Chase it. Tackle it. Grab it. Rope it. Get it. Get filled with it and spill it on to everybody. Are you with me? And I'm going to tell you, listen, you, you get more loving, more people will be around you. More people want to get in there, pursue love. And let me tell you, love is seen in how we treat and how we tweet people. Did you catch that? Love is seen in how we treat and how we tweet people because this is the deal. We get around people and we're nice. It's called a hypocrite. Then we go home, we get on Facebook, and we bash and trash them. We talk about churches, and we talk about ministries, and we talk about our neighbors, and we bash people, and we think it doesn't matter because it's on social media for all the world to read. Paul said, if you've got ought against a brother, settle it before you get to the court because the lost people should not see disagreements with Christians. But we get on social media, and we bash everybody. Man, we bash and trash like we're the church police. Nobody made you the Holy Ghost. You are not church police. Are you with me? It is not our job to judge another ministry, another pastor. When I went and spoke for Joel Osteen, when he was in, when he was in Knoxville, all kind of families left this church. And I knew they would. I knew they were going to leave. I got, man, I got bashed on Facebook. I got bashed everywhere. Can't believe you went. That guy's a heretic. That guy's this. Jesus said, my most important prayer is they be one so that the, so that the world will know that the Father has sent me that you are one. Are you with me? Amen. There's not another preacher I agree with everything about. I don't even agree with everything I believe. So why did you get on and back? Are y'all with me? Last summer, Brad Irving, our, our, uh, Brad Irvin, our, our missions pastor, sent Michelle and I on three mission trips. That created a furor on my Facebook. There was a war going on. Kyle texted me. Our communication guy said, Pastor, World War III is breaking out on your Facebook. Well, I hadn't been there in 24 months, so I don't know that. And frankly, Scarlett, <laughs> don't care. So everybody's engaging. Everybody's engaging. Are you with me? Now, nobody knows the truth, but everybody's engaging. Some people are mad at me. Some people are mad at him. All this stuff's going, listen, don't get entangled in stupid arguments online. Don't step into stupid. See, because people online that don't have followers, they want me to engage them so they get my followers. Why would I give them that? To spew venom and hatred. Are you with me? Is this, so listen, how you treat and how you tweet people. Just because it's on Facebook doesn't mean you can be ugly. Is this, man, I defriend people. If you're ugly on Facebook, I defriend you. Actually, I don't. Michelle does because I don't go to Facebook. You say, Pastor, we've been on your Facebook. You're there. No, my tweet and my Instagram go, go to my Facebook. I, don't, I can't answer all the questions. I can't deal with it. I don't, I don't really care that you're Starbucks. <laughs> and I couldn't care less that your cat can dance. And I really don't want to be the mayor of Candyland. Are y'all with me? I've got more important stuff to do. So I don't go to, 
If you're on Facebook, no worries, man. It's a great place. Stay connected. A lot of my friends are. Okay, I got you. See, now let me, I, I wish I had time to work this. I'm just going to give this to you. Because we want, do we want to learn to love better? Yes. I'm telling you, first step, learn to honor everybody. You honor them, you'll begin to love them. So learn to honor everybody. When I was a kid, there was a lot of honor in our culture. I said, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yes, sir, and no, sir. I taught my kids to say that, and then they went to school, and the teacher said, please quit saying yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And they would come home and say, Dad, our teacher said we can't say yes, sir, and no, sir anymore. Yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. I said, you know, who do you want to get mad at you, me? <laughs> or your teacher? You keep saying. And then I would see the teacher, and they say, hey, we asked your kids not to say, listen, my kid is going to honor you in your classroom. Why would you want to lose honor? You let my kids honor you in that classroom. When the principal called me and my kids were in trouble and thought I was going to fight him or her, I said, I'm on your team. I'm on your team. Man, I'm not an advocate for my kids. I, listen, we're to give up honor to people that are in authority. When I was a kid, nobody would ever have called the president Obama. They would have said Mr. President or President Obama. They'd have never done that. Are you with me? They would have, man, when I was a kid, if you got pulled over, you were respectful to a police officer. Now go ahead and mouth off and get a ticket. I got out of more trouble as a kid, as a, as a rotten, rotten drug dealer because I said yes, sir, and no, sir, and I gave honor to people whom honor was due. I was rotten, but I gave honor. Are you with me? See, we're to, th this is the deal. We're to honor the president. We're to honor the people in authority. We're to honor the law officers. We're to honor pastors. Well, see, when you go home and you have preacher for lunch, <laughs> see, here's the deal. There are a lot of kids go home, and man, the mom and dad are bashing the deacons, they're bashing the pastor, and they're rocking, they're rolling. I can't believe he said it, can't believe we did that. And your kid gets 14 or 15 and says, I don't want to go to church anymore. And you look and say, but I don't understand that. Look in the mirror because you taught dishonor to the man of God and the house of God, and your kids don't want to go to that place anymore. <laughs> Just tell them, try to help. Just try to help. Give people, treat people honor. Treat your parents with honor. Man, listen, treat your parents with honor. And what you young adults are saying, because listen, when I was a kid, I watched Matt and Festus. <laughs> who knows who that is? Bless God, the holy people. <laughs> listen, Matt always tipped his hat to a lady. And you always opened the door and you always treated senior adults with respect. I watched Father Knows Best and Warden June Cleaver. Now we got the Kardashians, Bart Simpson, and if you remember Beavis and Butthead, if you watch them, you'll become a butthead. Are you with me? There's no honor in that. I learned, man, I learned honor, and now there's none in our culture. Let's listen. Uh, you sit down with a senior adult and say, hey, tell me what it was like when you were a kid. Man, when I was a kid, everybody spanked you. It didn't matter who, whoever's closest, yank him up, bust him up. <laughs> bust him up. How dare you lay hands on Junior? Well, look at Junior. You're not beating Junior enough. <laughs> Listen, Dr. Spock invented crack. And I'm not talking about the Dr. Spock. I'm talking about the psychologist that said never touch your kid. Here's the deal. You say, but my parents are the president or whoever is not worthy of honor. That's a young adult. Listen, let me tell you about honor. If you're listening, Sam, 
Honor looks beyond the person to the position. So I don't care if President Bush or President Obama, because you didn't like both of them. You only like one of those. Can't like them both in America today. We're so divided. It's so stupid. But you can't like both of them. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give honor to the one I like and the one I don't like. I'm going to give dishonor. No, you're going to dishonor God when you dishonor people in authority. Are you with me? So you look past the person to the position. See, remember me, let me, because we're always talking about mature people. Let me tell you something. A mature Christian, Christ follower, has the ability to love everyone. Everyone. Yeah, but what about people that treat me wrong? What about this? Listen, we can't let our current culture that we live in cool our love for God and love for others and our honors. That makes sense? You say, how do you do that? Jesus loved the haters. Jesus loved the people that tortured him. Jesus loved the people that nailed him to the cross. Jesus loved the guy that sold his, that signed his death warrant. Jesus loved everyone. Listen, none of us have been nailed to a cross, and Jesus loved those people. Jesus loved Peter when he was denying him, Judas when he was betraying him, and Thomas when he doubted him. And when you suck, he still loves you too. Thank God, somebody. Come on. And so if you're a Christ follower, you're commanded to love everybody. Are you with me? So let me ask you a question. Would your house get better if you lived this sermon? Would your workplace get better if you lived this sermon? Man, I'm I'm just telling you. So let me ask you a question. Let me wind this up. I'm already over time. And you say, keep on preaching. They've got your kids (laughs) that you haven't beaten enough. Man, there's there's children's workers tied up in closets right now. You've got... To go get them. Amen? So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know where this stuff comes from. So, if you say, hey, Pastor, you know what? That's, that's just Bible. I, I agree with that. And I need more love if that's you. Just raise your hand. Hold it. Come on, raise it up. Raise it up where God can see it. Come on. Father, we come to you because you gave us a commandment to love you and love our neighbor. Jesus, you said it was a new commandment you gave us. And so, in Jesus' name, would you fill us with the Holy Spirit? Would you heal our hurts? Would you let a tsunami of love, just that wave, crash into our spirits, into our minds, into our hearts, that it will flood out from us to everyone we see, no matter how they treat us, no matter what they say about us, we are going to love them. We are going to kill them with kindness. And so God, let supernatural love just saturate every person at Faith Promise Church and let people know this is the place where they can come and be loved. Fill us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Come on, somebody in the house. So, here's the deal. Seven, over 7,000 people. Do you know what? This is going to be the first Super Bowl Sunday that we don't decrease in attendance over January. Man, we have got a roll going. God is moving. So, here's the deal. Some of you have been religious or you started coming to church or whatever, but you've never had a relationship with Jesus. You've never repented of your sins opened your heart and confessed him as Lord and have him transform you. So you can't let love flow out of a broken stone heart. Ezekiel said, I'll take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and place my spirit in you, thus says the Lord. So if you're ready for a new heart, if you're ready to, if you're ready to begin a relationship with Lord Jesus, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to pray this with me. We're going to pray it out loud with you. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've failed you. And I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. 
I put all my faith in you. You loved me. You died for me. And you rose from the grave for me. And now I will follow you from now on. Fill me with love in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise. Had it been good. Come on, celebrate him. Amen. If that is the first time that you have prayed that prayer and you have invited Jesus Christ to become your Lord and, Lord and Savior, we want to know about that because we want to celebrate with you. And we want to help you with some next steps that you need to take in order to build that relationship. And so the best way to do that is to grab this communication card that you'll find in the seat back pocket right in front of you. Fill that out and just mark on there that today is the day that you made that decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can take that card, you can stick it in the offering bucket on your way out, and we will follow up with you afterwards, okay? Hey, for many of you, it is time because you are ready to find out more about the vision and mission of Faith Promise Church, what God is doing through Faith Promise in this community, and you want to find out more about how you can be a part of that. Best way to do that is to attend our Next Step experience, which is next Sunday during our 10 o'clock service. And so we want to get some more information in your hands so you're ready for that. Again, grab that communication card. Mark on there that you're ready to take the next step and attend our Next Step experience. And we'll make sure that you know where and when to be here next weekend. Good? All right. I got one more thing for you that I want to make sure that you know about. Because if I've not met you before, my name is Gina, and I have the privilege of leading kids ministry here at Faith Promise. Thank you very much. That's right. Celebrate that. I tell you what, let me just tell you something that is incredibly exciting that's happening in Faith Promise Kids right now. We are growing at such a rate. We are seeing more kids walk through these doors in this building every weekend than what we've ever seen in the past. And our mission in kids' ministry is to create a space where kids are known and loved. Because if they come here and they are known and loved, then they begin to believe that there's a Heavenly Father who knows and loves them too. And that they will enter into a relationship with Him as well. And that's what we desire to do. And the way that we do that is through small groups. You see, a kid can get lost among a group of 30 very easily, couldn't they? But they're not lost easily when they're in a group of 8 to 10. So we are, are working right now to, hire, to, to recruit more small group leaders who will come in and be a voice in a child's life. Simply show up to communicate to this kid that they are loved by their Heavenly Father and their Heavenly Father wants a relationship with them. Here's what I need from you. We need more of you to continue to attend the 10 o'clock service on Sunday mornings, but then to stay at 1130 and to be that voice in a child's life. Would you do that? Yeah, the ones that are clapping are the ones who stay at 1130 in their small group leaders right now. That's, you're joining a pretty amazing team. So here's what you can do. You're ready to take that step and you're ready to make that kind of an impact in a kid's life. Grab that communication card, fill it out. On the back side, just mark, I'm ready to jump in and start serving. Put it in that, in that offering bucket and we will uh, get, connect with you this next week and get, your, get information in your hands so that we can get you plugged in, okay? Thank you for coming today. Bring a friend next week. We'll see you next week.